It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Hey, we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Holiday Inn and all their properties. Listen, if you got to travel someplace, make sure you stay at a Holiday Inn. My favorites are uh, Holiday Inn Resorts and, of course, the Holiday Inn Express because when I get a good night's sleep at the Holiday Inn Express, I feel like a new man. I feel like a doctor. I feel like a lawyer. I feel like... I feel like somebody other than a boxing person. Uh, we can get you a discount. There's a better reason to stay at a Holiday Inn. Just call our official toll-free number, 844-603-0364, 844-603-0364. Or just click the Holiday Inn banner on BillyCBoxing.com. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino. From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. Get yourself a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Find out why I'm so adamant about uh, getting Tom Molino's story told. You can pick up a copy at barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you like signed copies, just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. Uh, if you want more than one copy, uh, I'll love you forever. Just drop me an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Uh, Don't forget, on tomorrow's show, Boxing Hall of Famer, Larry Hazard will be joining us. We'll get his thoughts on a a bunch of stuff. And uh, it's that time again. It will be our blast from the past uh, this week featuring uh, Tim Witherspoon, former uh, world heavyweight champion. Um. But today is a day we'll talk about. Uh, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, the fight is signed, or it's going to be signed, right? Mm, Maybe not. Uh, It was announced yesterday that uh, Deontay Wilder uh, is ready to sign the contract uh, to fight Anthony Joshua. Uh, It was uh, reported by uh, Shelly Finkel, uh, and he said, uh, I'm sending them the contract's with a couple of notes. This was yesterday. Uh, he says, hopefully there's no problem, and then we'll sign it. 
Um, he said uh, that the contract uh, did not provide a date and a site for the contract, but that had been discussed previously. Um, you know, I, I don't understand why. It, I, I don't understand why it takes so long to put your your name to a piece of paper. I mean, they, it's not like this is a contract that they have to think about. Obviously, they've discussed it. Uh, as far as the comments from. Uh, Shelly Finkel. Now, this is on the heels of some comments that were made uh, by Eddie Hearn that we spoke about yesterday. Um, Eddie Hearn said, you know, we made them an offer originally. They didn't even reply to us. Then they made us an order, we uh, an offer. We asked to see a contract, and they didn't send one. They refused. We made them another offer, for, and it's been nearly four weeks that uh, they uh, accepted. It was after four weeks. Then they accepted and then asked for a contract which just contradicts what he just said. Uh, so we sent them one. Uh, if they wanted to fight, they would have signed it. I can't quite make out whether people are lying to, Deont to Deontay about the negotiations or he's uh, completely delusional. Uh, I saw an interview with him on Sunday saying he actually, uh, he is actually two people, uh, Deontay Wilder and the Bronze Bomber. So I'm siding with deluded. It's not complicated. We've set out the terms of the deal. We put it in, on paper in a contract, and we sent it to him. Now, he's, they've had this contract for over a week. There's absolutely zero urgency from Deontay and his team other than posting silly Instagram photos. The proof is in the resumes, uh, and I, at this stage, I believe Deontay and his team don't want this fight. Now, Shelly Finkel replied uh, and said, to clear up one falsy, Eddie knows that they have a written term sheet from us, which details our $50 million offer to AJ to fight in the U.S. Uh, we never received a response from them on this sheet. Uh, the uh, Hearn's last public offer to Wilder was a flat fee of $15 million. If you guys recall, uh, we all thought he should have accepted the $12.5 million. Shelly Finkel says, we believe it's below market value, but we're going to take it anyway. Below market value for a fighter that's never made more than two and a half million. Joining me right now uh, from St. Simons Island in Georgia uh, to get his thoughts is uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Your thoughts, please. My thoughts, my thoughts. Well, he's ready to sign the contract. This is great news. Everything else is going to fall into the way it should. <laughs> it's going to be. Um, well, you know, Bill, it's, it's it's been a long time coming, and like I said, we're just gonna wait one day. It's all gonna be settled and done, and for our ears to uh, marinate. It's a little joke. Uh, so it's it's hey, it's it's happening, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, have everything else signed, sealed, delivered with a date. And I think that's part of it too, uh, agreeing on a date. You know, after the September fifteenth date has been used, uh, they're they're looking at. Well, when do we want to go? Do we want it in October? Do we want it in November? We got the holidays coming up. Uh, over or already the the year's already over. <laughs> when you plan the fight schedule, the year's already over. You know, we got the we got the summer season now. There'll be less dramatic, big mega fights uh, for the next couple of weeks, I think. Um, then you know you got the a, a nice quick uh, couple months uh, right after summer and. You know, they're, they're, so they're selecting all these things, and that's 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 the marination process due to their uh, lack of, lack of uh, well, apathy as far as just uh, getting this date signed, sealed, delivered for all of us to gauge and key on. You guys heard it directly from Governor Sal Rocky Senecola's mouth, the politician forever. 
Um, listen, the bottom line <laughs> is this is, right. this is this is this is totally. Listen, I'm going to speak what I know, and you'll yeah. never hear Sal say this online. But I know how Sal really feels about this. And forget <laughs> about that he's a Deontay yeah. Wilder fan. Forget about anything else. Sal's sick to his stomach, all right? I don't even know how he can drink his coffee. This has been completely this is a pathetic. joke. Okay, real right? It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Great choice. Great choice of words, Sal, Rocky, Senecola. It is pathetic. It's pathetic that a boxing fan has to be jerked around as much as we have been. This is the classic circle jerk, okay? It does not take... Uh, let's Let's go back to what I was saying last week. First of all, I have never heard, in 37 years in this business, I have never heard that somebody negotiates a fight without a contract. I, I mean, uh, maybe preliminary discussions, but we're talking about a mega fight here. So, so to suggest that there was never a contract sent, this goes back to last week. Okay, let's buy it. Let's, let's, let's drink the BS Kool-Aid and assume that they made all of these deals and, and provisions and had no contract. So then finally, it takes Eddie Hearn a week to draw up this contract, which they've obviously been discussing, which was a, which was another set of BS. He sends the contract to Deontay Wilder and his team. They have it for a week, and now it's going to take another week for him to sign it because according to Shelly Finkel, they'll have it, uh, uh, Eddie Hearn will have it in his hands by this Friday. So, I mean, uh, another three weeks go by. And, oh, by the way, we made a couple of changes as long as they approve it. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it, listen, there's more. Because there's more. as of this morning at 6.16 a.m., the WBA has said enough is enough. We are not putting the mandatory uh, WBA title defense uh, between Anthony Joshua and the mandated uh, um, uh, opponent in Alexander Povetkin off another minute. WBA President Gilberto Mendoza said today, the WBA has requested an answer from Anthony Joshua's team regarding his fight with mandatory challenger Alexander Povetkin. The WBA has allowed over a month extension to negotiate with Povetkin and also to discuss ongoing uh, deals with Deontay Wilder. It appears the Wilder team has not returned the contract for the fight, and therefore we are requesting a date for the Joshua versus Povetkin fight with immediate effect. They have 24 hours to set a date. Um, you know, this does not shock me. Um, I have thought all along that this was a, a, a big scam. Um, the joke part of Shelly Finkel's response for Deontay Wilder, uh, market value, we're taking, we'll take the $15 million, although it's below market value. Um, how do you determine a market value for a fighter that has never made $2.5 million for a fight? Um, you know, Anthony Joshua can fight Povetkin and make $20 million. He could turn around and fight uh, uh, Tyson Fury and probably make $50 million. You know, I, I mean, he's got options. Deontay Wilder has none. Dominic Brazil uh, is his the, is the guy he's most likely going to fight should this fight not happen. Uh, what's he going to make in that fight? Can he even make two and a half million? Is the demand for Deontay Wilder to fight Dominic Brazil equal to the fight with Luis Ortiz? Is there another guy out there? If you tell me the fat pig buffet eating uh, Jarrell Baby Miller 
is going to draw that kind of money. I'll laugh at your face. There's no way. There's no way. You know, this being dragged out is no one's fault but Deontay Wilder's. Uh, okay, let's pat him on the back. He picked up another two and a half million uh, by by jerking all of us uh, around. But the titles are important to Anthony Joshua, and the WBA is is as least respectful as I feel that I, I well let me rephrase that the least amount of respect I give the WBA because I think they're a complete uh, joke of a sanctioning body it is what it is Anthony Joshua values that title just like all his other titles and he's going to have to make this fight if Shelly Finkel Deontay Wilder Al Heyman Lou DiBella and the rest of the clowns that are with uh, Deontay want this fight I suggest I suggest and 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 I'm going to go out on a limb here Sal I suggest they sign a contract and maybe email it to Eddie Hearn. That might not take. I mean, maybe they want to hand deliver it. Maybe they want to get on a plane and fly it over to England uh, so that they have it in their hands Friday. But I'll tell you right now, uh, the WBA is putting a lot of pressure uh, on Eddie Hearn. And quite honestly, with the tra- with the track record of Deontay Wilder and this whole negotiation, how can you believe that they will even have a contract in their hands on Friday if Eddie Hearn could somehow talk the WBA into waiting uh, until Friday for a decision? What do you think? Well, you make a good point, Bill. And, and like I said, you you expanded upon it brilliantly. I mean, these contracts, the, the, the boilerplate was, was, was uh, released to each camp the boilerplate contract uh, months ago, and they expand upon it. There's conditions that have to be added, deleted, and everything else and negotiated. But you're right. This contract has been in an evolutionary state for a long time, and it's about time they just ice it, keep it down, black and white, and sign it, and let's deliver it, and let's present it. It, It's, it's, like I said, the fanfare and the marination process you you know you can overcook a, a dish and it, it it starts to burn and and turn sour, and you know what we're on the cusp right now. They either got to deliver, put up, shut up, and let's get on with this right now. Well, I I listen. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's a hundred percent time to 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 put up or shut up. I mean, we've heard a lot of of. Uh, you know, uh, BS uh, spewing from the mouth of Deontay Wilder this whole time. Uh, you know, the one thing I give well, to defense, we don't know what, what's, what's held up, what held up, and what's been going on on Anthony Joshua's side too. So it could come be, on, could be come a 50, on, 50, Sal, 50. come on, man. Listen, listen. Let's let's be real for for one second. All right. All right. This is see. where this is where I I side with Deontay. Deontay Wilder. And, and, you know, I give him a lot of credit for being loyal. You, you know how I feel about loyalty and stuff, and yes. similar to you, okay? And, and, it, and it's very important to me. Yes. Uh, and I give Deontay credit, a lot, a lot of credit, for being loyal to his team. But at some point, he's got to say to himself, these guys aren't right for me. Because, you know, where Deontay has had to put his own neck on the chopping block, saying he wants to kill somebody in the ring, uh, you know, uh, this the comment that Eddie Hearn made saying that he's two different people, he's already made this comment uh, a long time ago, and, and that's how he justified saying he wants to kill somebody. Bronze Bomber wants to kill somebody. Deontay Wilder, he don't. It's just his fighter, his alter ego when he gets in the ring. That, he becomes the bomber, you know. Uh, but, uh, 
But he's had to do this because he has such a, a, a terrible team. They're not promoting him. They're not creating value around this guy, et cetera, et cetera. So therefore, everything that comes out of someone's mouth from Deontay Wilder's team, with the exception of the latest from Shelly Finkel, has come from Deontay Wilder. When you look at uh, Anthony Joshua, he's been mum on this whole situation. Yeah. Eddie Hearn is his mouthpiece. So he's actually a, a, a more, a, you know, I've said yesterday, he's a, he's a more um, talented fighter in terms of, you know, skill set, uh, at least nuts and bolts, the way we look at it. Uh, but he's also more uh, professional in his approach because he's surrounded himself with a team that he lets work for him. You know, so I, we don't know. You're right. I agree. We don't know what, what really is going on with Deontay, but from what it appears... These guys aren't looking out for the best of them. You admitted that yourself when the offer several months ago for $12.5 million. So, you know, and to suggest, oh, he'll sign it on Friday. Dude, if, if I'm ready to make the most money that I've ever made in my life, I'm signing it. I'm like, I'm struggling to find a pen. You know, they can't find a pen. Why does it have to wait? You know, I'm it's only, you know, I mean, give me a break. It's like they're purposely trying to have the WBA flex their muscles because they know that the WBA has this mandated uh, defense. They've already given them a month to, to work it out. And, and, you know, these guys had been supposedly negotiating prior to that. So, I mean, it, you know, to stretch it out another week. And then let's bet right now that if 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 uh, Eddie Hearn has to go with, with Povetkin, which I thought he would all along, the first things out of, out of uh, Deontay Wilder's mouth is going to be, we, we wanted to sign and they backed out. You know, it's like the analogy I've given. You know, you, you reprimand a kid, you send them to their room or whatever, and then they're mad at you for sending them out the room, but they forget the reason why they got sent to the room. You know, I, I mean, listen, there's no excuse. If they've agreed on the terms, there's no reason to wait four more days to put your name to the paper. I'm sorry. It's total BS, Sal. No, you're right, Bill. You are correct. And, you know, it, it's a shame, too, on so many different levels. Because, like I said, Anthony Joshua, he he has uh, a country behind him and uh, fans, and he, he's known worldwide. And Deontay Wilder, never in the history of my life would I ever – ever say that uh, or assume that here is a, a a champion a world heavyweight champion with over with 40 wins and and uh that is still not a household name because he has not had the right promotion this guy should have been on every box of cereal this guy should have been something that if 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 he was led and correctly down a path and direction to make him a household name, he'd be there smiling on a box of Wheaties, uh, holding the title belt. I'm just saying this. This is this is where he should have been. He should have been uh, well known by the ideas of just where he has made a, a, a leap. I mean, when you don't become 40 and 0 and a world champion just by accident, you've got to be moved along. You've got to be taken care of. You've got to be positioned. You've got to you've got to have the 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 team behind you. So why this team hasn't made it such a a point to say, hey, we got to do something marketing marketing our guy to become a a, a likable household name uh, from the United States who happens to be a world heavyweight champion of the you know it it just befuddles me. And now we're looking at 
trying to put this all together. So put it together, build it so Humpty Dumpty could, could sit on a wall, and let's see which heavyweight champion will fall. I like that. I made that up. Listen, you know, the, you, you, make a, you stumbled on a point here that, that makes good sense. I did stumble. You I did stumble around. But, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's all, folks. We do have to give uh, Deontay Wilder's team some credit because they did get Deontay Wilder to 40 and 0 by fighting uh, total stiffs for 39 of those 40 fights. And in his last fight, he finally fights a, a, a technically, by, by definition, a real fighter in Luis Ortiz. I mean, I, I give him a lot of credit for that fight. Um, you know, 40-0 and 0 with 39 knockouts is an impressive record. <laughs> That's an uh, impressive record. record. But, I don't care what side of the aisle. Yeah, I don't care if you're fighting your sister 40 times. Which, 40-0. You know, but but here's, here's the thing. defeats with 39 knockouts. Then why doesn't I mean, everybody know who he is? My, 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 you know, and I know that that's what you were trying to say, I hope. You know, what I'm trying to say. You know, and, and at 40-0, a U.S. heavyweight, that's 40-0. and 0. Um, You know, when Mike Tyson was being brought up, uh, and, you know, similar, a knockout puncher, um, you know, uh, he was promoted in such a way that that people couldn't wait to see him in the ring again. They didn't even care. They weren't even people critical. People were awestruck. No, but even even when he was hand fed a cupcake here and I there, know. nobody cared. You know, uh, but but with uh, with Deontay, because he's not as popular, everybody's always critiquing every single opponent that uh, that he steps in the ring with. Listen, let me. Um, uh, read uh, an email that I got from our uh, UK correspondent, uh, Johnston Brown. He says, uh, good morning, guys. It was nice to hear you back yesterday. Uh, so it looks like this fight's actually going to happen. And Sal uh, was rightfully confident all along. Uh, Shirley, I mean Shelley Finkel, has swiped back at Eddie Hearn's comments uh, confirming the contract will be signed. And like I said uh, earlier, Finkel said, Matchroom will have the contracts back to them by Friday, June 29th, uh, which is BS. They, they better get the contracts. Uh, if, they're, if it's for real, they better get the contracts in, in Eddie Hearn's hands today so he can hold off the WBA. He says, all being well, fans can begin to look forward to one of the biggest heavyweight fights uh, of the last two decades. Now, according to Johnson, this is his opinion. He says, obviously, his statement was, not as straight-talking as Larry Hazard would have said, but nevertheless, uh, he got in there and uh, said it. He couldn't help uh, but beat around the bush and give his own correct chronolog chronologically uh, order before getting uh, to the point. Quite frankly, he sounded like a beaten man that wanted to convince himself and the public that Wilder and his team has to bend over backwards to get the fight made. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you get there, just that you get there. I'm happy this drama has finally come to a close. Uh, and he says, I'm going to leave you with Kenny Rogers singing, Everyone's considered him the coward of the country. He never stood one single time to prove the country wrong. His mama named him Wilder, but folks just call him Yellow. Something always told me they were reading Wilder wrong. Um, he is wow. Yellow. He is Yellow. And obviously, he substituted some names. Um, you know, uh, contrary uh, to uh, what Shelley Finkel said, as of 6.15 a.m. this morning, the WBA had something else to say. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, um, I got uh, another comment on this. And it's actually, it's it, you know, I, as I'm glancing here, it, 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 it's almost like uh, my man Mitch knew 
what uh, uh, Sal was going to say, uh, and you'll hear what I'm talking about in about two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. And, uh, you know, Sal, you know, I saw your uh, little note uh, between breaks. And uh, Sal has, has a quote, has a, has a famous quote by, by someone. It, uh, read the quote first. What, what does it say? It says, I agree with me. <laughs> Who said that? Donald Trump? Billy, Billy, Billy C. <laughs> oh, I said that. Oh, oh, oh. One and only. Oh God! I agree with me. Yeah, I agree with me on that one. <laughs> but that. let let me just uh, you know, uh, listen. We've been talking about this um, potential fight for a long time. The sport needs it. Uh, the heavyweight division needs it. Both fighters need it. I need it. I'm losing my. I used to have. A, I used to be. I, you know, I used to wear my hair in a ponytail. But when they started talking about this fight, I, I've lost it all. But uh, I agree with um, me. I got. I agree with me. But. Um, I, you know, I got some other stuff to talk about today, but uh, I, I, let, let's get some emails out of the way real, real quick. Mitch says, uh, you know, hidden in the article about Shelly Finkel admitting that they have a deal and will send the contract on Friday. Why does it take another week for you to send a contract back? I, listen, I agree uh, 100%. Headaches overnight. Yeah, I, I mean, email, Sorry, email. It'll take seconds, oh, dude. Yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah, still yeah, stuck. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I gotta. I, I keep forgetting. You're still. I, I keep forgetting it. that. Uh, you know, Sal's still stuck in the '80s. He doesn't realize I got that a flip you could. Phone, boy. Yeah, that you could actually send an email back with a signed contract uh, uh, attached as a PDF if you had to, um, very quickly. Wow. But uh, anyway, um, he says. Notice, uh, he said twice that Matchroom would have the cr- contracts sent back to them on Friday. He actually said by Friday, but. Uh, he said, not a signed contract, just the contracts with some small changes will be made for Hearn to then agree on. He says, Sal, your boy and his team are frauds. Ten years as a professional, he's got 40 fights and no unifications. Anthony Joshua has 20 fights and two unifications, one against Klitschko, one against Parker, all within five years. They've had over a month to agree since two and a half, uh, since twelve point five million was made, they they had two weeks renegotiated and are going to get fifteen million. Something tells me that the small changes will lead us directly to Wilder against Dominic Brazil and wow. uh, Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Povetkin, uh, and Wilder will make around one and a half million. Um, thanks for the email, Mitch. And you know, you know when when all the smoke clears, Sal. And I'm Deontay Wilder, and I wake up, and I see that my opportunity to make $15 million, forget about, and we've said this a million times, the second fight, if he, even if he loses the first fight, but it's exciting, the guy's going to make twice what he makes this time. So, I mean, the truth of the matter is, if I wake up, and, I, and I'm Deontay Wilder, and I see 
that I lost my opportunity to fight Anthony Joshua because my team hemmed and hawed and dragged their feet, and now I got to go fight a guy uh, and make, uh, you know, let's just for argument's sake, uh, throw an extra million on what Mitch said, two and a half million when I could have made 15 for one fight. Uh, I'm going to be pretty pissed off. What's your thoughts? Well, of course. I mean, Mitch makes a great revelation, and, and that is the other side of the coin. That's how easy, that's how easily this fight could slip through the fingers and wind up uh, uh, on a back burner again if they're not careful and if they do not handle it right now. Because if that happens, you think Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua, not even so much Anthony Joshua, because like you said, Anthony Joshua could fight uh, basically anyone and he'll have $20 million in his bank account. But the bottom line is for Deontay Wilder to fight for more than $5 million, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a heck of an opponent to bring that out. And uh, that's why. That's the incentive, and that's why I have to believe that this thing is, is going to have to happen, and it's going to have to happen now. And if this week is a deadline of Friday, guys, boys and girls, wake up, smell the roses, Let's get this thing signed, sealed, delivered. Don't let this escape you. This is an opportunity of a lifetime to make at least $15 million for one fight and with an opportunity to parlay that one fight into a rematch, no matter win, lose, or draw. Hey, man, let's, let's look at the reality. Let's look at the numbers. Let's look at what you, got, you guys got to do to make it happen. That's what I'm saying, Bill. It's just a far cry in a way from a couple of decades ago when two fighters wanted to meet <laughs> this was all secondary the the, the contracts and everything else were like oh 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 yeah these are formalities we got to take care of them i'm going to get in the ring i'm going to take your head off you know that was it yeah well times they have changed uh let, let's, let's get one more email out of the way and then that was uh, great by I Mitch got, too i and, got and some, the scenarios dark and i got some uh, other news i want to talk about that does not contain AJ and uh, Deontay, because uh, quite honestly, it, it, between that fight and the, the shenanigans that went on with Triple G and Canelo, um, and then I even got more. I'm going to talk about some news about uh, Terrence Crawford, too. I mean, uh, uh, anyway, uh, Mitch says, uh, so uh, Daniel Jacobs and Devorenchenko have been ordered to go to purse bid today. Now, this is for the uh, IBF title that the IBF uh, stripped from Triple G after they took his 20 G's uh, for, uh, you know, holding off on fighting Devrinchenko. I know, you said who? Exactly, Devrinchenko. Now they're ordering Daniel Jacobs to fight him. It's going to go to a purse bid, which means that Devrinchenko and Daniel Jacobs couldn't come to an agreement to fight whether Daniel Jacobs even wants this fight. Uh, and it's not because everybody's scared of Devrinchenko. It's because nobody knows who the hell he is. He's an unknown commodity, and it's not going to be a money fight. The problem is it goes to purse bid, and Daniel Jacobs could still say, I, I don't care what the, I don't care who won the purse bid. I don't want this fight. Uh, but uh, Mitch says uh, they're both trained by your 2000. You know, I love this guy. You know, uh, he, he really knows how to get under my skin. Uh, he says uh, they are both trained by your 2017 trainer of the year, Andre Rosier. If the fight gets done, um, what's your thoughts? What do you think Andre Rosier is going to do? Uh, now, this is, uh, you know, concerning who do I train if it's uh, Daniel Jacobs or is it Sergei Devorinchenko? Well, um, uh, first of all, Andre Rozier, I, I was giving him props 
for some of the changes I've seen in Daniel Jacobs, which I thought was was good. I also gave him props for Saddam Ali when he upset uh, the apple cart and won the title uh, against Miguel Cotto. But then we got to see the regular old Andre Rozier, the guy who I think is one of the worst trainers in the sport of boxing today, when he almost got Saddam Ali killed in his last fight, uh, when Saddam Ali couldn't even walk, couldn't even do the old heat miser, uh, you know, uh, what was the other one? Heat miser and snow miser or whatever. Put one foot in front of the other. You know, I I mean, uh, uh, you know, Saddam Ali couldn't even walk. And, and, you know, Andre Rozier is saying, oh, give, he's the champion, man. Give him another shot. Give him another shot. You want another shot, right, Saddam Ali? And he's like, ah, who are you? Ah, you know, they should have stopped that fight in the corner. They almost killed this guy. He's never going to be the same. Andre Rozier is a piece of garbage. He's, he's terrible. Maybe he's a, a, a good mentor. But as a trainer, and, and I think it's a, a no-brainer, Mitch, uh, Andre Rozier will go uh, with uh, Daniel Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs has a much... Uh, wide, m- much wider open, um, you know, future than Servi Devrinchenko. And no disrespect to Devrinchenko. And I'm not suggesting that this isn't a good fighter. I'm, I'm just talking about the nuts and bolts and value of the fight. Not many people know who Sergey Devrinchenko is. I'm not saying he didn't earn his spot. or I'm not, We're not even getting into any of that. But, uh, you know, when you look at two fighters that are going to go to a dance, Sal, I mean, you know, depending upon who they are will dictate how much money there is available um, to uh, to pay. You know, Triple G and Canelo, they're both going to make uh, a lot of money. Uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, they're both going to make a lot of money. You know, um, Daniel Jacobs and Servi Devrinchenko, mm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I think you're right. You know, I mean, how much can they make, right? Well, you know, I think you got a point there, Bill. <laughs> I, I agree with me. I agree with me. I agree with me. But anyway, Manny Pacquiao. You Manny remember him. Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, you remember him, right? I remember Manny Pacquiao. He was a great fighter, yeah. a Hall of Famer. Well, you, you remember that he's fighting Good again girl. soon, right? Sorry? You remember that he's fighting again, right? Oh, is he really? Again? Yeah, yeah in July. More? He's fighting in July, yeah. Uh, then again, maybe not. That's right. Then, then again, maybe not. Because uh, according to uh, uh, a lot of different reports, uh, Manny Pacquiao against. Do you remember who he's fighting? Even <laughs> is he is he still is he still mayor of uh, is he still pol- involved in politics? Yeah, he is. He is. Okay. He's, yeah. uh, okay. He he supports the guy. He supports the Filipino president who wants to, uh, if you get caught with a joint, they put you in front of a firing squad over there in the Philippines, you know? So uh, hey, talk about being strict. It's a little uh, extreme. There. You know, yeah, I think, I think it's a, I mean, uh, I could see if, if you're caught with a helicopter full of heroin. With a, with a shoulder injury, not, not, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, no, but I mean, I could see you uh, dealing with a, with a heavy fine or something like that if, if you get caught with a, a helicopter full of heroin, but a joint, come on, man, come on. But uh, anyway, the guy he's fighting is Lucas Matisse. And, uh, oh, yeah, the fight, Lucas Matisse. The fight was scheduled uh, to take place on July 14th. Um, according to multiple sources, now the main promoter here was uh, MP Promotions, which is Manny Pacquiao's promotional outfit. And um, Lucas Matisse, who's a Golden Boy fighter, uh, you know, he cut this deal with, with Golden Boy where they're paying Matisse money uh, up front. 
before the fight, which uh, I know it happens, uh, uh, you know, a lot. But, you know, what a stupid deal to make. If You if, incur if some you, training expenses. Yeah, but what if you incur a training injury and the fight doesn't happen? You know, I, you know, I, you know, you don't get that money back. But anyway, um, Manny Pacquiao has already uh, made a payment of half a million to Matisse, and according to Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy, um, Manny Pacquiao's promotional company still owes them two million uh, up front before he steps foot in the ring on July fourteenth. Wow, that's um, a lot of money. Two and a half million up front. You know, so uh, uh, they're saying that the uh, payment uh, was due a month ago and it's over, uh, obviously overdue, and that there's other um, uh, people that are claiming that there's money owed for the promotion of this fight, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, the fight might not take place. Now, according to Manny Pacquiao, uh, this is uh, not true that the fight uh, is going to go uh, take place and that it's a go and that uh, he was uh, too busy training and and focused on his training and let things slide and now he's appointed some of the other people a part of his team um, to uh, uh, to get this done signed sealed and delivered um, so there's con conflicting reports going back and forth uh, about whether this fight's going to take place or not hold that thought we wow. will give you more on that uh, in uh, about two minutes. Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there, Jeremy. Man, uh, I need you to take this one. All right? Wait. What? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C? Damn it! Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's talking boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening. To the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. Uh, don't forget to tune in tomorrow uh, when we uh, have uh, Boxing Hall of Famer Larry Hazard join us. And tomorrow's the day we do another blast from the past. This week it's going to be Tim Witherspoon. Uh, now, just a programming note: we are not doing a live show on Friday. So, uh, and hopefully, we're going to be uh, doing one on Thursday too, because uh, there's you know not too much stuff. Um, happening right now, unfortunately, in our sports out. But this Manny Pacquiao fight, I think it's important uh, to get it done. If you recall, Bob Arum was accusing uh, a lot of previous uh, deals that Manny Pacquiao was trying to get done uh, where he was saying, well, the, there's no real money here and, you know, was always dragging his feet. Now it kind of appears that maybe Bob Arum was onto something because uh, all the money that uh, Manny Pacquiao has been promised doesn't seem to be getting to the to the. Uh, it seems like they're using the same mail carrier as Deontay Wilder. It takes a long time to get there. But uh, do you think the fight's going to happen or what? Uh, you know who who knows it's, it's 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 going to probably happen. Uh, you know, there's a lot of money they're going to have to come up with, and a lot, a lot of things that are going to have to 
be uh, done as a concession on the side here and there, I would assume. But uh, when all is said and done, we will see uh, Manny Pacquiao back in the ring. Uh, and uh, possibly July will be the time. But uh, I'll tell you what, the weeks are clicking by. And uh, they got to really, uh, really start uh, talking about this fight as if it's going to happen. If not, then I don't think uh, we, we, we should anticipate too much from it. Both of them are in training. Both of them are ready. And by the way, it's two weeks from now. I mean, if you, re- yeah. it's going to be July 1st over the weekend. I mean, I can't believe how quickly this year has gone by. Um, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, Manny Pacquiao is still a big name in the sport. I've said uh, for a long time now, ever since he entered the, the political realm, he's lost that killer, kill, uh, killer be killed um, uh, persona, that killer instinct. Uh, we saw him lose it so much that he lost the fight against Jeff Horn without uh, going in for the kill. Um, unless he can find that, you know, killer instinct mojo back, um, Manny Pacquiao is is never going to even be the same as he was. He's never going to be the same as he was anyway because of father time. But, uh, you know, a good performance against Lucas Matisse, a vicious performance against Lucas Matisse may get him uh, another big money fight, uh, but uh, only time will tell. And one of the names that were mentioned uh, to possibly fight him was Terrence Crawford. Now, the guy, I believe that Terrence Crawford and uh, Vasily Lomachenko are tied for the number one pound-for-pound spot in the sport of boxing today. Um, I would not be upset if somebody told me they thought Lomachenko was number one uh, and Crawford was number two. And I wouldn't be upset if somebody told me Crawford was number one and Lomachenko was number two. I personally have them tied. I can't choose uh, who I think is better. Uh, somebody, Somebody, well, yeah, who? Who? I think Lomachenko's is better. I, I see one and two. I, I so that's just that's cool. Surface. I, I see I, one and two. I can't. Uh, you know, like I said, I can't really argue with that. But um, what I do disagree with uh, with somebody in one of the chat rooms yesterday trying to to say that uh, Terrence Crawford doesn't have the resume and shouldn't be a, a pound for money. You see, this is where the lack of knowledge about the sport of boxing comes into play. Because if you take a look, and, and if you know the, the sport, and, and you have to look at a resume during the time the fights took place, all right? I mean, that's a critical aspect of determining how good a fighter is. You can't look at a name on a resume and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, that fighter's no good. Yeah, but was he no good when he fought the fighter, because when you look at the uh, matchups that Terrence Crawford had, now remember he's moved up uh, from uh, uh, actually from from uh, lightweight, right? I think he started out with lightweight, uh, then he went to junior welterweight, and now he's at welterweight, and uh, obviously has won titles in in uh, all three. And when you look at his resume, and you go all the way back to when he when he was fighting at lightweight. This guy was brought in as the B-side. He and, was brought in as the And I went over it. When I broke down the fights, 
when he was in against Jeff Horn, I broke it down and I sh I showed everybody. I was telling everybody, you know, he was brought in at the B side, brought in a B side, B side, B side, B side, all the way until he fought uh, for the title. He went. He had to go over uh, when he fought Ricky Burns. I, I'm pretty sure that that, that fight was in uh, uh, the UK, and he was still an underdog. He was brought in because he was undefeated, and and everybody thought Ricky Burns was going to win the fight. He didn't. And then the powers that be said, you know what? Wait, hold on there, Baba Louie. We may have a real fighter here in Terrence Crawford. And that's when you could make an argument that he fought a couple of less than stellar opponents. Uh, and they've been more carefully moving him. But the guy has proven himself. He's a clearly a pound-for-pound -pound fighter and, uh, uh, you know, a talented fighter. The fight that a lot of people are talking about, and, and by the way, the reason why I bring him up is because he has been mentioned as a potential opponent for Manny Pacquiao. But wait, there's more. There's so. more? <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, is that a lot of us want to see him fight who? Who, who does everybody want to see him fight right now? Well, right now, a couple of years ago, I wanted to see the rematch between he and Floyd Mayweather. Not Manny, but, uh, not Manny, Crawford. No, who does uh, everybody? Crawford. Yeah, Crawford. Who, who does everybody want to see Crawford fight? <laughs> Forget it, Sal. All right, you know you got you got mozzarella on your mind, but the but the but the uh, Errol Spence, remember that guy? Oh uh, well, well, Errol Spence. I like to see him fight Keith Thurman too. Though. All right, well, Keith, Thur <laughs> Keith nice Thurman's a girl. Thurman Keith, Keith, Keith Thurman's a girl. He's lo he's looking to fight Clarissa Shields because that's you know that that's Keith Thurman. I mean, he's he's totally let all of us down a hundred percent. But but uh, he here's the thing, um, you know, I, the bottom line is that uh, Terrence Crawford and 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 Errol Spence are uh, two fighters that seem to be. Uh, on uh, on a collision course, all right, uh, to fight each other, and this is what uh, he, Terence Crawford was asked this uh, yesterday, and uh, they said, you know, when are we going to fight? We want to see you fight Errol Spence. This is what Terence Crawford said, Sal. He said, and I quote, "In the future, this fight will happen, but right now, you know, we got other fights until this one gets bigger." Um. He said, like uh, he, yeah, yeah. He said, um, you know, that they need this fight uh, to marinate more. Uh, in, his, in his own words, he said, it just needs a little more time to marinate before this fight officially goes down. Um, he says, uh, you know, we got other fights. Uh, now, you do recall that his promoter is Bob Arum. Bob Arum is suggesting that he fight Jose Benavidez Jr. and... Lucas Matisse, prior, this is the same Lucas Matisse that happens to be fighting Manny Pacquiao, prior to fighting Errol Spence. Sal, this is one of the problems I have with the sport today. I say this all the time, that a big mega fight is not the last one, that after that mega fight, there'll always be another mega fight always. that could be made. I agree with me. And and the the, the truth the truth of the matter is there's no reason that uh, you know Bob Arum and and Errol Spence and Terence Crawford need to make the boxing public wait for this fight. These guys are both in their prime. Uh, Crawford's thirty years old. Uh, Spence is twenty eight. Crawford's thirty three and zero. Spence is twenty four and zero. Keith Thurman is is uh, you know disappeared. We have Sean Porter and. And uh, Danny Garcia fighting. I mean, this is a great fight 
for the division and a great fight for boxing. What's your thoughts on this constant let's wait for the fight to marinate BS? Well, it, it's just that. It's BS. I mean, this is, you know, especially if we're going to consider Terrence Crawford pound for pound. Uh, I mean, he should be able to, to, to step and fight, uh, step up and fight Errol Spence. Now, the bottom line is, too, he could make an argument saying, hey, I just had a fight in the welterweight division. I want to have one more fight and make sure I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, my feet are underneath me and everything else. I got my right weight in here. And, you know, I can see maybe that. But this fight could take place this year. This fight could take place the first quarter of next year. But the fight should take place in the near future. And because uh, it, like, like we said, what happens is these are the two most notable uh, welterweights or active welterweights right now. And I think it should be something that they meet in the ring and, and let the chips fall. Because guess what happens after this? Other fights will come up, other mega fights in the welterweight division. And that's, that's just the way it always happens. So they, it stimulates. One fight will stimulate another. So I, I, I agree with you. I agree with me, and I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, why make us wait, right? I know. I know. That, that's just the whole thing. You know, it could almost be said, like I said, I, I'm sorry. I got to throw back and refer back to the 80s or so. But it, it used to be, guess what? I'm stepping up to that weight class because I want to fight the best in that weight class and prove I'm better than him. That's the old adage, you know, what used to be. And, you know, so Terrence Crawford could, could go on that whole campaign saying, hey, Errol Spence is the best out there welterweight right now. I want to fight him. Let's make it happen. I came up to the welterweight division to do just that, to fight these big guys. Let's get this thing done. I just don't understand why the perception with all these big fights. And, and you know, we've been, we, we you know, look at, if you go back to Canelo, um, fight and you know wanting to fight uh, Triple G for the rematch. Why did that fight take so long? Yeah, I know Canelo's a cheetah, but they it's like they almost planned it. Then you have the next big fight, Anthony Joshua uh, against uh, Deontay Wilder, dragging their feet. And and you know rumor has it I've heard from different sources that the the fight's already signed, sealed, and delivered for next year. That they're doing all of this. Uh, you know that that you know uh, Eddie Hearn's line is they don't really want to fight Anthony. Jo uh, that's Eddie Hearn, Anthony Joshua. They don't really want to fight Deontay Wilder. Says they're scared to fight me. I mean they keep saying the same things over and over and over. You know and then we're gonna get treated to some other fights. Well people have been talking about. Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford because they're they're two young fighters at the top of their game that seemingly will, will fight anyone and now the powers that be that are involved with that um, make that fight drag out you know so you know it, it's 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 happening in every single weight class I mean you know Triple G Canelo we were like okay you know that's Golden Boy you know they're trying to be greedy and and, and you could even you could even say okay I expect it. For uh, for uh, AJ and Wilder, you know, uh, it's a huge fight for the sport, huge fight for the division, et cetera, et cetera. Eh, we expect it to be dragged out. That's what these idiots do. And then now all of a sudden you have another huge fight, pay-per-view, Crawford against Errol Spence, and they want to drag it out. Um, and, oh, by the way, everybody's threatening to put all these big fights on a streaming service. I, I mean... Boxing has a, a tendency to shoot itself in the foot. It takes two steps forward, then all of a sudden three steps back. Oh yeah, of course it, it does. It it has done that that uh, that plan uh, from the beginning, and you know that's why we uh, we look at constantly having the the wheel turning and what fights will evolve from other fights and everything else. It, it's constantly 
as I use that term, the minutia of the game. It, it evolves, it devolves, it, it rolls. It, it you know, it's it's a uh, here's another phrase: rolling with the punches. We got to see what happens. You know, it, it's 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 a it's a whole process. Yeah, well, well um, it's, it's it's a shame. Frustrating. It's a shame. You know, and, and then you got a guy like uh, um, you know Keith Thurman. Who keeps you know crying about injuries and and all this stuff and uh, you know he's actually still in the mix. He's going to say he's the best. He's going to come out. I mean, you know, er, you know, I say this all the time. It, it just seems that no one's held accountable anymore for their actions, and this sport, uh, you know, exemplifies that more than anything else. Uh, you know, I didn't win the fight tonight. I don't want to make any excuses, but I broke my hand. You know, that's an excuse. You know, uh, I, you know, he was the best guy tonight, but I, you know, I, I really dried out. I wasn't in good shape for this fight. I, you know, I want to rematch. You know, I mean, all this stuff. Uh, this was a great fight, but the referee took it out of my hands. You know, I mean, the judges were, were corrupt. You know, all these things. You know, then we even watch the parts behind the scenes, like the commentating. And the people that, uh, you know, boxing people. In the sport of boxing, I've said this all along, we need more boxing people in boxing. Not just the fighters, obviously they're boxing people, but other people that are involved in the business that know the sport. We don't have too many of them. And a great example is what the networks seemingly are all doing collectively. You know, I was, I'm very critical of uh, uh, Mauro Ronaldo. I, I think he's, he's terrible. The worst, worst boxing commentator I've ever seen or heard. This guy is the worst. But yet, he's got a solid spot on Showtime. He's, he's teamed up with, with Al Bernstein and Paulie Malignaggi, two strong guys. I enjoy, as much as I didn't even want to watch Clarissa Shields fight this weekend, I enjoyed listening to the broadcast because Barry Tompkins and Steve Farhood, along with Raul Marquez, were a fantastic team. What a trio. What a knowledgeable trio of commentators, boxing people, okay? They knew. They weren't yelling. They weren't screaming. They were talking about what was happening in front of them. You look over at ESPN. For years, we enjoyed Joe Tessitore and, uh, and and Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas is over the top. I'm not saying he's he's uh, my buddy. Uh, you know, I mean, there's been times I've I've uh, been with Teddy Atlas where he's great, and there's other times where he's real snooty. You know, but the truth of the matter is, as much as I disagreed with him a lot, firemen, we're firemen. I mean, you know, I mean the uh, uh, he he was kind of a fixture, and he was kind of. He kind of made the broadcast. Now they put this this other guy in there. This guy doesn't know a left hook from official. He's a Dan Raphael of TV. You know, I, I mean, you, you need boxing people involved in it. Timothy Bradley, by the way, does a great job. I would have loved to have seen Joe Tessitore, Timothy Bradley, and Teddy Atlas remain. You know, this Kriegel, Krieger, Krugel, whatever it is, Freddy Krugel guy. Uh, you know, Mark <laughs> Kriegel. I don't know who the hell he is. But, but, you know, I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. I agree with me on that one too, Sal. <laughs> You know, as long as you agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I agree with me. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. But, uh, hey, you know, since I'm on a, a, a rant here, uh, there's nothing more appealing to me when when I'm I'm talking negatively uh, <laughs> to bring up Floyd Mayweather because there's no one I, 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 I despise more than him. Um, now, Floyd is uh, hopefully retired for good. And I have made the statement many times uh, that I feel, and, and and I honestly mean this, that Floyd Mayweather's Mayweather promotions uh, would become or could become uh, 
the premier um, promotional company in the United States. And I've also said many times that the only reason why it's not is because of Floyd Mayweather and the fact that Floyd Mayweather does not like to share the limelight, even though he's retired, does not like to share the limelight with anyone, anyone, including his own kids, but let alone a fighter. Well, the empire known as Floyd Mayweather Promotions is starting to crumble. We first started to hear about uh, Tank Davis, Javante Davis, who Sal, you and I both are high uh, as a kite I on like this guy. Great I fighter. mean, I mean, Javante Davis is is a, a, a guy. Well, I mean, we all want to see him fight Lomachenko. I mean, uh, uh, what a great fighter! I mean, Javante Davis uh, is, is the type of fighter that that I watch and I say, oh, I want to see another one. I, I wish he would fight tomorrow. You know, I, I mean, you know, this is the kind of kid I, I, I love to follow. And he signed up with uh, Mayweather, and as soon as he does. The guy gets into some trouble and this and that. And then we start hearing some inside stuff that uh, uh, he's not kissing enough ass. And he falls out of favor with Floyd. Floyd wants to feed him to Lomachenko. Uh, they start uh, talking smack. And, and the relationship has been uh, severed. Well, um, he's not the only one. Uh, it was announced that uh, super featherweight contender Saul Rodriguez Jr., who's, po who's got a record of 21 wins, no losses, and a draw, uh, has uh, also left Mayweather Promotions uh, as of yesterday. He signed, uh, he was originally signed with Top Rank, signed with Mayweather Promotions in February of last year, got knocked down uh, in the fifth round uh, against uh, Oscar Bravo, uh, and then won a split decision. Uh, for his fight in on February 17th in 2007 uh, as a Floyd Mayweather uh, fighter has not fought since, Sal. This guy's been on the shelf since February of 2017 and has left uh, Mayweather Promotions. But no, wait, there's more, Sal, because there's Mickey more? Bay, another fighter that was signed with Floyd Mayweather, is parting ways as well. He has also said, been very uh, uh, vocal uh, along the lines of Tank Davis. This is a guy who's 22 wins, two losses, and a draw with 10 knockouts, a former world champion, uh, lost a 12-round split decision in 2016, has not fought since. Has not fought since 2016. Uh, uh, Mickey wow. Bay says, I need a promoter. I need to fight. How can you go from being a world champion to sitting on your ass for two years, not doing a thing, when people are looking after you are some of the biggest names in the sport of boxing? I want to fight, but I've been so badly managed over these last two years. Uh, I'm at the point now where I got to find another direction because boxing gives you a short career. According to Bay, his activity... Uh, and the attention that he's not getting uh, is due on personable relate on personal relationships with Floyd Mayweather. He said Floyd is the ruler of Mayweather Promotions. He makes every decision. Underneath him are people with false roles, but they have Floyd's ear. And if you and if you're not cool with them, you're not cool with Floyd. One of them has caused me so much crap. Uh, that when he was managing my career and he got back to Floyd, leaving me blackballed. They won't get me a fight. They won't let me fight. They won't put me on shows. My career is going nowhere. You stay quiet and, and play with the play along with their game, hoping it will sort itself out. But two years have gone by, and I'm heading nowhere. Um, wow. This doesn't surprise me. Wow. I said the same stuff. Floyd Mayweather likes to have all of the attention. This is hurting him. Why doesn't he just let it go? 
No one's going to take away his accomplishments. Why doesn't he let it go? Get rid of all those those people that are just sucking him because they are. All right, and, and financially and probably other ways. You know, get rid of those guys. He's got a good family team around him that are knowledgeable with his father and his uncle. You know, why doesn't he just focus on Mayweather promotion? Start getting some young people uh, uh, fighting. You know, I, I, I use the example of Bedo Jack. He was a great example. That was a guy that is successful under Mayweather promotions because he stays far away from Floyd. You know, these young fighters, look at what happened to Adrian Broner. These are young fighters that go up with him, go next to him, and next thing you know, they're spiraling downward. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, it's it, it's the proof is in the pudding. I mean, if that's that's the resume and that's how it's panning out, uh, I mean, that's, that's the writing on the wall. You've often said, uh, and I agree with me uh, there, no, you said a lot of times that, uh, you know, you can't see Floyd Mayweather really wanting to promote or make somebody bigger than he is or, or bigger than he was in, in a fight game. And, you know, I, I, I had a long, hard time believing that because, you know, you leave some things uh, behind and you go on to other things. You become known and, and evolve to be a master of another direction. And and that's a, that's the champion inside. You're always a winner. You're always looking to improve, to be the best and everything else, no matter what you do and what you apply yourself on in. And, um, you know, so, so I, I, I didn't drink that Kool-Aid as fast, but you know, when you look at the whole thing here, maybe he's just too busy with other things or himself, uh, to really, uh, want to enhance someone's career to move in a positive direction. And if that's the case, well, then these fighters are waking up and they are looking at other routes to take because, you know, to being held back in the starting block in the game of boxing when you are limited to a few short years to show the world what you have and what you're made of, it's, it's not good. It's not productive. It's not going to be conducive to one's career. You know, the thing with, with Floyd, and I'm not – listen, Floyd, Floyd already has everything set in terms of his legacy. You know, whether he honestly believes he's the best ever or not, I, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I know that he markets himself as that, and I, it just utterly is like fingernails on a blackboard for me. He's, he's nowhere. He's not even in. If, if I had to put him in my all-time great list right now, he would probably be at number 25, uh, maybe be, maybe between 20 and 25, uh, you know, uh, because I, I just I don't think – He's even close to being the best ever. Um, but be as it may, his career, especially if he stays out now forever, is is going to be hard to 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 really deny him a, a play, you know, a solid place in the, the historical perspective of the sport. So, with that said, I agree with you know the, along the lines of what you were saying. I mean, this guy should now focus on being the best ever as a promoter and get that juice right. But when he yeah. sees a young fighter like, and I'm going to use Tank Davis or even Adrian Broner, I'm one of the few people that feel that Adrian Broner was a very talented fighter. As a lightweight, I, I, I loved him. I felt the same way I, I do about Tank Davis. You know, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Adrian Broner, uh, you know, went off the deep end. I mean, obviously, he doesn't seem like he's too mentally stable right now. But, you know, it just seems that when Floyd sees a talent uh, of a fighter – that he, he kind of gets a little jealous. You know, maybe he, he knows that, that his own skill set has eroded because of father time, and he screws up. You know, um, he never 
would have stepped in the ring uh, as early as he's suggesting that Javante, not that I don't want to see the fight, but as early as he's suggesting Javante Davis step in the ring with Lomachenko. I mean, Floyd never did that. Floyd has never fought another young, in their prime, world champion to unify a title ever in his career. Now, he, I think he had, does have a unification, but not against a young uh, fighter. When he had a chance to fight... Uh, uh, you know, a top fighter at the time in, in Margarito, what does he do? He chooses the slow, old Carlos Baldomir. I mean, that was the, the nature of Floyd's career. He could put it all behind him and be the best uh, promoter the U.S. has. And uh, instead, he's chasing these fighters away. And when you see these kinds of guys coming out with all the same story, uh, and if I'm a young fighter, I'm not signing with Mayweather. No way. No way. Errol Spence did a smart thing by staying clear uh, of him. Hey, listen, I got more news, but we got to take a short break. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. By morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Um, you know, I, the Super Chats are important to us in maintaining this show. But uh, even though nobody's coming through with any Super Chats today anyway, um, some of the discussion in the uh, chat rooms right now, Sal, is uh, about uh, promotional outfits because we're talking about Mayweather, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, we were talking about this yesterday about Errol Spence. Errol Spence had said that he feels he doesn't need a promoter. Why should I, you know, spend money on a promoter? The bottom line is a promoter who has multiple fighters, especially multiple talented fighters, has more power and juice with the networks than a single multi-talented fighter. Like Errol Spence is one of the upper echelon, talented-wise, fighters uh, in, in the sport today. But that's one guy. You know, a network is going to be more inclined to, to roll with a promoter that could give them multiple fighters. It, it, the word is content. Um, you know, when you're dealing with television broadcasts, the word content is all they care about. Content and inventory are the, are the key words that networks use. And a fighter, is as barbaric as it sounds, is inventory to a network. And if you're a fighter that's saying, well, I don't need a promoter, I can make more money by myself, it's going to work, but not for long term. I think Errol Spence is making a mistake. And that's why I believe that Floyd Mayweather is making a mistake by letting some talented fighters slip through his fingers because of his own ego. What do you think? I think you are on the cusp of genius, but I, I will tell you this too. I think that uh, what you say is very true and powerful. And if you do not have the right representation and networks have to deal with you personally on a level 
or your manager. You know, we know that that fighters are maybe they're they're uh, not at one point or another the best decision makers, the best. You know, there's a liability there is what I'm trying to hint at. In other words, uh, that's why good representation, the networks rather deal with a promoter or rather deal with something where they can get the feedback from the fighter, get the input from the fighter. But, you know, there's there's nothing that's going to be changing. And one day say one thing, next day say another. Wait a minute, there's wait a more- minute. Let me ask you a question. You mean as a network? You don't want to deal with a guy that says, I'm going to kill somebody in the ring. I swear to God, I'm going to kill somebody in the ring. Like I said, there's a liability <laughs> and there's a there's a there's an inherent risk when you deal with just a fighter one on one. You have uh, somebody representing a fighter, even a manager or a promoter. You're more likely to make progress along the lines of, of making good, solid deals. And when you have a good promoter, that, by the way, does have a vested interest because they're going to get a piece of the action. They're going to want to maximize the deal for you, and they're going to make sure that things are going to be warm and fuzzy so you can go back to the well if you do a good performance and, and have a relationship. Some fighters are just just not the best decision makers when they have to worry about training. They have to worry about everything else. It's hard to do. It's hard to do it for yourself. I mean – you know, um, believe me, I, I've been in all spectrums and all facets of the game on a level in my career. And, and, and I know, you know, I changed horses too many times. I started out with top rank. I was on ESPN. Then I went with the uh, main events. Then I went with Tiger Eye Limited. You know, I changed horses so many times. <clears throat> I was, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was tough. It was tough. I never got the traction that I, I really felt I, I should have because it was, it was just the fault of my direction of, where I was or where I wasn't going. So I think a good representation from a good promoter who has a vested interest and a solid interest in your success uh, is a good way to go. You know, uh, again, they're, they're talking in the chat room, and I'm referring to it, even though nobody's cutting loose with any coin for us today. But uh, um, I'll do a super chat. Listen, listen. Um, you, know, I, you know, the other thing that they're, they're all mentioning is um, the streaming services, you know, it's a direct, basically the reason why, um, you know, the, the promoters and the fighters like it is because they're cutting out the middleman. You see, when you do a, a, a television deal um, and it, let's say a pay-per-view, okay, or, or even a cable network, a, a cable network deal is a little different because they're going to pay, they're going to put up a certain amount of money to have that specific fight on their network, okay? And there's usually more money than, um, I'm not obviously more money than a non-televised thing, but when you do a pay-per-view, you um, have a company that produces it, and then you have to go into di- distribution, and then the distributors of that event uh, will distribute it to cable networks, uh, satellite networks, etc. They get a cut. So by doing these streaming uh, deals, you're eliminating a distributor. You're going from the production to the streaming company. And those revenues can be split, um, you know, quicker, easier. And, of course, there'll be more uh, money to split. So I'm all for it. I I don't want people to think that I'm against it. Uh, Because I said this, Sal, and and you're always backing me on this. I said this year. I said this two years. As a matter of fact, 
I, I told Sal that we should have done this. Um, yes, I was did. I was promoting the same idea to Sal and and, yes. and another company that that we had worked with at the time um, th over three years ago to do this to be the first ones to do it. All right, and everybody dragged their feet, and the end result is we got nothing out of the deal. All right. Um, so now fast forward and you have ESPN who's already an established sports network with every single platform known to man and they're staying with the times with uh, two, three, four, um, getting new stuff. Uh, they come out with that ESPN plus and top rank decides to jump into that and exclusively put some of his uh, big fights, including Terrence Crawford on that exclusively. Um, which I don't think is a bad idea at all. But I think that it's a little premature. I think that the masses have not yet cut the cord with the cable and satellite companies yet. And I think that it's well on its way and it's happening quickly. But in the boxing world, you don't want to, you know, cut out sets of eyes. You want to yeah. you want to present your event to as many sets of eyes as you can. It's the only way. We're not talking about the Super Bowl or a World Series or, or a Stanley Cup event uh, or even a, 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 a Wimbledon a tennis uh, a championship or a golf championship. We're not talking about, you know, these high-level uh, sports events that the masses watch, whether they're fans or not. We're talking about boxing. Most of the time, most of the time, the marginal fan will not watch a major boxing event unless it's really major, a la, you know, Floyd Mayweather against Manny Pacquiao, uh, Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder, Triple G against Canelo. Those will get the crossover fans. But if you're going to put it on a platform that makes it harder for the regular boxing fans to get, well, now you're cutting and shooting yourself in the foot with those guys. What you needed to do in order to make it work right is to ease into the water, so to speak. Like you're going into a put your big toe in the cold water first. So what I would have done is I would have said, okay, here's our new streaming network. Um, we are going to entice you as the buyer to buy our pay-per-view on the streaming network for half the price or three-quarters of the price that you're going to pay for your TV. Make it a financial reason why people will jump ship, not the only reason. And it would have eased into it. People would have felt comfortable. They would have said, oh, you know, this isn't that bad. You know, I am going to do it from now on. And then as soon as the numbers justify, then you cut the cord and say, hey, sorry, you know, this is it. This is the price. This is the only way you're going to get it. They went the other way first. And I think it made a mistake. And in addition to ESPN Plus, the same mistake is, is potentially going to be made with Eddie Hearn uh, talking about the possibility of putting uh, Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder on the DAZN network, the D-A-Z-N, which doesn't even exist here in the U.S. yet. And as I was educated yesterday, if you subscribe to Sky Sports, which is similar to like when we subscribe to HBO or Showtime here, you automatically get that. Um, well, that's not going to help the masses here in the States because we don't even have the service yet. So uh, that's what my point was about those services, Sal. I think you made a good depiction and drew a, a great chalkboard analogy. 
I followed every bouncing ball and every line you directed, and it was very well, very well said. Um, speaking of HBO, uh, they've clearly um, either purposely taken a, a back seat or just being blown out of the water budget-wise from Showtime. Um, and not only are they not uh, are producing the amount of fights that we're accustomed to. Um, they're not producing the, the better fights either. Uh, however, I think um, there's a decent fight scheduled uh, for July 21st, excuse me, July 21st on HBO. Uh, Yami uh, Mugaya, uh, who's uh, 29 and 0, 25 uh, of his wins coming by knockout. Um, the guy who uh, uh, kind of busted onto the scene um, recently when uh, uh, he won uh, uh, his fight against Saddam Ali and won the title uh, and is now the WBO junior middleweight champion, he will be making his first title defense against uh, Leon Beefy Smith uh, as a uh, main event um, in Las Vegas uh, on uh, July 21st, and it will be um, on uh, on HBO. Um, is this, do you think that Mugaya is a uh, new star in the making uh, yes, he was big. Yes, he was strong. Yes, he battered uh, Saddam Ali. But he doesn't seem like he's got much hand speed. Uh, and, um, you know, as he fights, uh, uh, you know, more talented fighters, will he be exposed? I think that uh, we need to see uh, exactly. You know, the, the gravitas of a fighter's name and everything else is usually earned by the time... Uh, He's on those major networks, and uh, and he's a worldwide figure, and and I think I think we just have to see a little bit more from him, and uh, whether he's exposed or whether he validates uh, his his uh, his accomplishments is going to be said over the next two or three fights. I you know I he he seemed humongous when he fought Saddam Ali, um, and his punches just every time he landed a punch on Ali. Um, they seem to do damage. Oh gosh, but, yeah. I, I you're right. Poor Ali's father was right there, feeling him just as much. And his stupid trainer was there saying, "Uh, <laughs> let him continue." You know, but uh, just use your chin next time. Yeah, use your chin. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> hey, how come you're not doing what I taught you in the gym? Use your face. Use the face block. Come on now. You know. But uh, we'll see oh, what happens. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> a couple of months ago, a month or so ago, uh, we were talking about um, uh. Uh, and I'm going to destroy this guy's name, but uh, uh, and uh, uh Kurtz, uh, whatever. Uh, he was up he, on the screen. Still yeah, he was, he was an interim middleweight champion, uh, uh, and he was uh, uh, charged with racketeering and uh, um, other charges, wire fraud, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, well, as of last a week ago today, actually. Um, he was uh, found guilty and is facing uh, up to 40 years uh, in prison. Uh, he was a native of uh, Georgia, not the state of Georgia, the Republic of Georgia. He's now 39 years old. He had a uh, professional uh, uh, record of 33 wins, two losses, and a couple of draws with 22 coming by knockout and was promoted uh, by uh, Lou DiBella. Lou DiBella did not... Uh, give any uh, sympathy for this guy because when asked what his thoughts were uh, when uh, he was uh, convicted 
uh, Lou DiBella said, he's gotten due process, F him, for squandering his championship caliber skills and career. He let many people down who believed him, but no one more than myself. Just a waste. He's a waste. It's all on him for choosing the dark side. Hey, thanks for your support, Lou. Uh, you know, for all you young fighters out there, uh, not that Lou uh, is wrong, uh, you know, this guy wasting and, and uh, his uh, opportunities, but uh, I would have liked to have seen a little more support from my promoter, don't you think? Absolutely. Forget about it. I mean, uh, you know, anyway, he was charged along with several other people and, uh, you know, just another uh, negative thing uh, with the sport of boxing sometimes, Sal. Uh, when we see uh, uh, these guys uh, go down the wrong path, yeah, well, it it, uh, it easily unwinds, and you know what, what comes out as being uh, you know a, a mistake when it's compounded with one after another. You're all of a sudden you got to crawl back and claw up back up the, to the mainstream, and it's hard for a lot of people to do. Well, this guy's going to be clawing for bread and water, bread and water in, in the slammer. <laughs> But uh, anyway, um, our trivia question, I've gotten a, a lot of answers, but none of them are right. And I've had a few that are very close. Um, the trivia question is, name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced. Name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced. Now, some of the non-retired fighters that fall into this category, of course, are Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, and Tyson Fury. But they're all still fighting. So the question is, name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced now if you're the first one to email me the correct answer billy at talking boxing that's t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g.com you will uh, win your own copy of the title bout championship computer game now i am going to give you a hint because in addition to the active fighters i just mentioned i'm also getting uh, another fighter's name thrown in the mix um, that is not true. Riddick Bowe um, had a no contest on his record. So therefore, he does not meet this criteria. So there's some big hints for you, man. I just eliminated uh, Deontay, AJ, and Tyson Fury, and I eliminated Riddick Bowe. All right, so I've, like I said, I've gotten a lot of uh, answers. And most of them included all those names. Um, so, once again, if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin Boxing, that's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com, you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. The same game that Alex Papali uses for our simulations uh, on uh, uh, during our Blast from the Past, which we will be doing tomorrow on Tim Witherspoon. So um, if you're the first one to email me, you win. One more time, name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced. Good luck to everybody on that one. Wow. On this day 
uh, in boxing history on June 26th uh, in uh, uh, 1982, uh, Leroy Haley wins a 15-round decision of a Saul Mambi to win the WBC World Junior Welterweight title took place in uh, Highland Heights, Ohio. On this day in 1993, uh, Dingen uh, Thaboia uh, wins a 12-round uh, decision over Tony the Tiger Lopez to win the WBA World Lightweight title took place in Sun City. On this day in 1999, Paulie Ayala wins a 12-round decision over Johnny Tapia to win the WBA World Bantamweight title that took place in uh, uh, Las Vegas. On this day in 1976, Carlos Monzon wins a 15-round decision over Rodrigo Valdez to unify the world middleweight title, and that took place in Monte Carlo. You know, I wonder how Carlos Monzon would have fared against uh, Triple G or, or uh, uh, you know, Canelo Alvarez or even Marvin Hagler. What, what do you think real quick, Sal? I think it's worth uh, taking a magic boxing machine and putting those fighters in there. I think, uh, I think that uh, would be outstanding, and uh, I think we may be surprised at what we'd find. But I, it's hard to say. Carlos Monzon was a great, great champion, great fighter, uh, relentless, uh, and uh, just stellar. But you know what? When we, you and I were doing those fights, revisited, and I saw Carlos Monzon when we were, were looking at some of his fights, uh, I was asking myself that same question: How would he do against a Triple G? How would he do against a Marvin Hagler? How would he do? I mean, I mean, it, it and and I, I saw. When I was younger and seeing Carlos Monzon, he seemed just like like a Superman, uh, invincible. But when I saw it right in front of me as a mature fighter, whatever, and then seeing all the other talent, I said, you know what? Maybe there was some some uh, vulnerabilities or something there. But uh, no, Carlos Monzon was a was a world champion, a stellar champion, and uh, it's 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 something we should do. We should play with the magic boxing machine and put him in with some of these other champs. Um, also, on this day in uh, nineteen fourteen, uh, Jack Johnson wins a twenty round decision over uh, Frank Moran. Uh, however. Neither one of these guys got paid. Uh, no uh, uh, exact reasons uh, were ever uh, announced. And finally, on this day, June 26th in 1972, Roberto Duran My stops man. Kenny Buchanan in the 13th round to win the WBA World Lightweight title, and that took place in New York City on this day in uh, 1972. I suggest, if you've never seen this fight, and you doubt how great Roberto Duran was, punch it up. It's on YouTube, and it's actually one of the best fights that you're going to see. And also, this was, this was a trivia question. Roberto Duran, most people, when I ask them what his nickname was, what his first nickname was, the, the answer that comes out of um, you know, everyone's mouth is, is hands of stone, you know. But that wasn't his first nickname. And if you watch this fight, you'll see what his first nickname was. Because they not only were all chanting it, but all of his team had it on the backs of their uh, uh, shirts. Yes, and he had it on did. his robes and everything else. And uh, it was uh, Rocky. Rocky It Durant. was Rocky. So a uh, little Absolutely. interesting uh, tidbit there. But uh, in any event. 
Hey, listen, boys and girls, uh, you're not going to want to miss tomorrow's show. So make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Da na 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 na